The issues happening today are not problems. They are the left's solutions. We know sidewalks are racist, so it was only a matter of time before roads would be racist, and Adam Schiff gets the Schiff kicked out of him about the Russia collusion scandal. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Well, the news just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, the Biden administration has no idea how to handle the gas crisis. As a matter of fact, they just keep saying the same thing. People spend are spending 40% more on gas. Propane is up over 50%. Home heating right before the 10-degree weather in the Midwest and far in uh, East Coast are up 30%. The administration has no idea how to handle it, and uh, they basically are coming up with the same answers every day that they're asked about it. Here's a cut from, uh, who's this? Who does this thing? Uh, I, I'd have to look it up. But uh, here's a cut of Press Secretary Karen Jean-Pierre basically answering uh, this question the exact same way on two different days. It's a very interesting little clip. Listen to it. Yesterday, some Senate Democrats sent the president a letter on high gas prices and how to combat those, including suggesting banning crude oil exports. Is President Biden considering banning those oil exports? Which the oil exports from? The Senate Democrats wrote a letter asking the president to ban crude oil. Okay, got it. The crude, got it. Um, So the administration is closely... um, is closely and directly monitoring the situation, uh, you know, but we're, we're monitoring it, right? We're monitoring the, the prices and we're making sure that we have tools in our tool belts that we can, uh, we can, uh, we can try and, and, and use. But at this, at this time, I don't have anything new, uh, to, to share. As we've said before, we've communicated with FTC, right, to crack down on illegal pricing and are engaging with countries and entities around the, the, uh, the OPEs, uh, OPEC plus on increasing supply. We're looking at all the tools in our arsenal and have a number of tools in our arsenal, as I just mentioned. We're very concerned about the impact of high energy prices on consumers, especially as we enter the colder months. And so we're continuing, like I said, to monitor uh, the situation, but also we're going to continue to monitor the situation and we're going to do everything that we can from here uh, to address. So is that something that President Biden is considering? I, I can't, I don't have anything specific for you. I don't have anything specific. We've been uh, looking at, uh, you know, the monitoring the situation, but also we're going to continue to monitor the situation. Uh, and so we're going to continue to just keep an eye on this. And like I said, we're going to, you know, we have tools in our tool belts that we can potentially address this with. We're making sure that we have tools in our tool belts that we can, uh, we can, uh, we can try and, and, and use. We haven't really heard anything else specific that the president is considering. Does that, is that because he feels that his hands are tied when it comes to what he can actually do to try to combat high gas prices? No, I wouldn't read the, read it that way. We just don't have anything right now to to announce. You know, we we have we don't have an announcement yet on anything uh, on anything to share at this time. But like I said, we're monitoring this. Uh, you know, but we're we're monitoring it, right? We're monitoring the the prices and uh, we're 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 working through what is it that how we can actually address this. As usual, uh, no answers, just zero answers. And by the way, you're monitoring gouging in the market? Really? Price gouging is what you're worried about? I. How about 
why prices are just going through the roof. We can I can assume that most of the gas stations I'm passing are actually not gouging anything. They're just I mean, oil is supposed to go to $120 a barrel by the end of the year. Gas is looking at going to $5 a gallon. And that's in California. It'll be over $4 a gallon for the rest of the country. What what are you talking about with gas? And what tools in that belt do you actually have? And that was by uh, News... Uh, oh, what is, I can't remember who, who did it. My gosh. Uh, but... Who are the where, what are these tools in your belt? Exactly. Question for you. Do you think this is all an accident? Do you think this is just an ebb and flow of energy economics? Or do you think this has something to do with controlling the movement of people within the United States in the name of religion and the religion of climate change? Or just this or just maybe this has something to do with control, with controlling the movement of people or just about control, period. Ooh, a conspiracy theory. Well, yeah, I, I believe this. Okay, let me explain. Explain to me how the country was energy independent last year, actually exporting fuel, and this year... Joe Biden is on his knees begging OPEC to produce more oil to lower gas prices in the United States. Joe Biden single-handedly has destroyed the energy industry. Gas is up $1.50 a gallon. What does old Joe do? He tries to shut down another pipeline. The uh, Biden administration had to admit yesterday that the L5 pipeline, is be which is a pipeline that goes from Canada to Michigan, and actually supports a lot of the energy for the Midwest area, they're looking at shutting that down. Energy for the entire Midwest is in this pipeline. And they're looking to shut it down. Millions of barrels are pumped per day through that pipeline. Whitmer wanted to... I talked about this last year. Whitmer wanted to cancel his contract last year. She just couldn't. She's only a governor. And this is an interstate, international treaty, international contract that's been signed. But Joe Biden wants to actually shut it down now. And now they're looking at it. Here's Peter Ducey, again, lighting up Jean-Pierre on the subject of the L5 pipeline. And Jean-Pierre... I swear I, I don't understand how anyone would want to be a press secretary for this administration because they just get torn apart every time when they're not handing cookies out to the reporters. Thank you. Uh, the energy secretary says about the cost of Americans heating their homes in the winter it will be more expensive this year than last year. So why is the administration now considering shutting down the Line 5 pipeline from Canada to Michigan? So, Peter, uh, that is inaccurate. That is not that is not right. Uh, so any reporting indicating that some decision has been made 
again, is not accurate. Uh, but what I will say is I'll lay this out for you for a little bit here. Where we are at, we, where we are is with this is that the Canada has decided to invoke the dispute resolution provisions of the 1977 Transit Pipelines Treaty. We expect that both the U.S. and Canada will engage constructively in those negotiations. In addition to being one of the closest allies, Canada remains a key U.S. partner in energy trade as well as efforts to address climate change and protect the environment. It, I, I will also add this too is that the current the current Line 5, 5 pipeline is subject to litigation between Enbridge and the state of Michigan. So again, I would it is inaccurate what you just stated. What's but so but the, the reporting the reporting about uh, us wanting to shut down the Line 5. Launching. I said, uh, is, it, is it being studied right now? Is the administration studying the impact? of shutting down yeah. the line five. Yes, so, we are. We are. So that inaccurate. Well, I thought you were saying that we were going to shut it down, yeah. but that is that is not inaccurate. Be, okay, great, 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 great. But I'll, the Army Corps of Engineers is preparing an environmental impact to look through this. Okay. Yeah. I think there is a page in the press secretary's book, both Jean-Pierre's and Saki's playbook, that says, just call Peter Ducey a liar. I don't even know what to say here. Jean-Pierre said it for me. The Biden, excuse me, the Biden administration is considering the shutting down another pipeline. This after they shut down the Keystone pipeline, which actually is killing us right now. They want to shut this one down. When they say they're studying the, you're, they're studying the the climate impact. The environmental impact of the keystone of this pipeline, this L5 pipeline, that means they're going to shut it down. It is going to get shut down. So here's the question for you. Is destroying the energy industry in the United States part of the Biden administration's goal? This is not a conspiracy theory. The answer is yes. There's a lot of evidence of this that they've been trying to destroy the coal industry, the oil industry, the natural gas industry, they're trying to kill it. Barack Obama said Americans should get used to not traveling like they currently did at the time. In 2008, he said that. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said that all travel in the United States will be done by rail. No cars, no planes. What's the easiest way to eliminate travel and fossil fuel usage? Make fuel so expensive and hard to come by? No one can use it. That's Biden's plan. And here, here's something wild and crazy. They're not hiding this. Here is uh, Saul Omarova. She is actually going to be, um, she's going to be the Secretary of Banking. So she's going to be watching the banks. This is a woman who was trained in the Soviet Union. She got her education from the Soviet Union, from the Moscow University or something. Okay. She talks about actually bankrupting the oil industry. And this is someone that Biden actually nominated. Nikki Mack will be able, the NIA will be able to negotiate equity stakes in private enterprise that receives that public aid, be it part of the systemic bailout or be it part of, for example, individualized restructuring health, for example, for certain uh, troubled industries and firms that are in transitioning. And here what I'm thinking about is primarily coal industry and oil and gas industry. A lot of the smaller players in that industry are uh, going to probably 
uh, go bankrupt in, in, in short order. At least we want them to go bankrupt if we want to tackle climate change, right? This is insane. This is absolutely insane. She is calling for the bankruptcy of the energy in- industry. The industry, hey, newsflash, do you think we have what we have today in the United States without fossil fuels? Do you think we would be, you can't buy a Tesla. A Tesla is made from fossil fuels. Yeah, it burns, it burns uh, off a battery, but the reality is it is made, a, a lot of it, the plastics, the leathers, everything is done through fossil fuels. These people want to kill it. And then there's Ilhan Omar. She said the same thing. Large bipartisan majority of the United States public believe that fossil fuel corporations have a responsibility to address the dire consequences of their pollution. The largest fossil fuel producers must pay for their past greenhouse gas emissions, which could raise at least 500 billion alone. They must pay for the lives they have taken, for the futures they have robbed, and for the lasting toll their greed will have on the planet for generations to come. Well, first off, Ilhan Omar's an idiot. Okay, let's call it what she is. But do you still, first off, and, and the other thing that I do want to point out, Ben Shapiro pointed this out today, is that we've been using the oil. It's not the oil industry's problem, fault, that people are driving cars and people are using oil and energy. I mean, you're punishing the corporations that are providing us with what we are using. So that's that's crap right off the bat. But do you see why it's very easy to believe that the Biden administration really wants this? That the reason they don't have any solutions to the energy crisis is because this is the goal? This is the end goal? And they want to make it worse? They want to make it that you can't afford gasoline? They want to make it that you can't use uh, fossil fuels to heat your homes? They're trying to do this? Inflation is another huge problem. Inflation is now up 6.2% from last year. 6.2%. It is the highest it's been since the 90s. The whole experiment here with Biden, this is all built into the cake. You think inflation? No, they want you to buy less. You can't look at the New York Times or the Washington Post, the Daily Beast or Vox without seeing how they're telling you, just don't buy the, don't buy anything anymore. You don't need it. Right? It's our fault. We're consumers. It's our fault. Biden has said it, has said it in so many words. It's our fault for wanting to buy things. And why do they want to do this? This will lead us to utopia. That's the idea. They want us to look ahead in a world where climate is not an issue and we will all be equal. We'll, equity will be all over the place. And I already told you about what I think about equity. And high inflation, high gas prices, this is part of our training. We are being trained to deal with this. We are being trained to buy less. We are being trained to um, purchase less. What do you think about this vaccine mask mandates thing? It applies here too. 
This is training. The vast and mask mandates are the same thing. It's just part of a do what we say. This is what tyranny is. The government tells us we don't need to do this. We don't need to do that. We can survive without it. Of course, this is toilet paper and that is food, which no one seems to worry about. Well, the elites don't worry about it because they're going to have their food. They're going to have their toilet paper. But elite overlords like AOC don't care about what we need. They only care that they have the power and they have the control and people do what they want. This is the same crap you see in Cuba. This is the same crap you see in Venezuela. I don't see Maduro, Maduro in Venezuela starving. Matter of fact, he's gaining weight. Meanwhile, everyone else is losing 20 pounds. Is it a shock people aren't voting Democrat anymore? If it is, it shouldn't be. Because it's going to get worse for the Democrats especially if they keep online. I mean, 6.2% inflation, highest in 30... We're turning into the 70s. Now we... Gas is... I just went to the gas station. My coffee went up a dime, uh, went up 25 cents that I buy at the gas station, and gas went up a dime a, a gallon. This is becoming insane. And the Democrats are not. They're doubling down on it. They are not backing away from it. That will kill them next year, by the way. Well, I mean, the Biden administration and the news media do have one thing that will get us to stop traveling on roads, stop driving cars. Let's just call the roads, freeways, highways racist. Listen to Pete Buttigieg answering, and he, I guess he just got off his maternity leave or paternity leave, whatever leave he takes. Answering an obviously set up question by CNN correspondent April Ryan. I mean, this is an embarrassing question. Listen. You give us the construct of how you will deconstruct the racism that was built into the roadways that you talked to the Grio earlier when you broke that information with us. Can you talk to us about how that could be deconstructed? You know, Buttigieg has been out of, uh, out of work now for three months. You could ask him a harder question. You don't need to baby him that much. He can handle it. I, I, The question is absolutely asinine. And I can't believe she actually asked that and didn't feel embarrassed after. Well, the only thing um, that is more embarrassing is Pete's answer. It was pretty bad, too. For sure, yeah. So you know, the principle of Justice 40 is that at least 40% of the clean investments in this bill will go to benefit the communities that are overburned, overburdened and, and underserved. So part one of that is defining those, those investments that are eligible, and that's a lot of it. And we're working to map out kind of program by program, mode by mode, uh, what would qualify. For example, if we're uh, buying clean buses, right, how do we make sure in terms of where those buses go? But also looking at the business opportunity, the jobs that are going to be created, the businesses that, that uh, will have a chance to compete uh, for, for the business opportunities it creates. That, too, I think is a very important element of equity here that's in the spirit of Justice 40. And again, we have a lot of guidance and oversight from the White House since that's an administration-wide initiative. 
But we know that we've got to build our own internal uh, kind of ways of, of uh, aligning and defining that inside the administration. As to where we target those those dollars, you know, I, I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if a highway was built for the purpose of dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or that would have been, uh, in New York was was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Um, I don't think we have anything to lose by confronting that simple reality, and I think we have everything to gain by acknowledging it and then dealing with it, which is why the reconnecting communities, that billion dollars, is something we want to get to work right away, uh, uh, putting to work. I'm a, you know, I pl- that was a long, that was a long clip. And I actually played that long clip for a reason. Okay. I'm a pretty smart guy. I didn't go to Harvard. Okay. I went to Cal State Northridge. Go Matadors. But I can tell you one thing. Uh, I didn't. What exactly did he say? What what in that two minute diatribe that he went on? He not only didn't answer her question, he didn't really say anything. He speaks fast. He's eloquent. He's a very good speaker. Okay, even though he takes three months off because he's got twins that I guess his husband, yes, his husband can't take care of. I, I'm just curious as to what he said in that entire speech, except to agree with her that asphalt is racist. But April Ryan, apparently she wasn't thrilled with his answer either because she pushed even harder. Listen to this. But that's such a heavy lift. I mean, you have to reconstruct communities that this happened to. As you said, some of these beltways and, and interstates and roadways were built before the Civil Rights Act, before the Voting Rights Act, and were made meant to be racist. But how do you go about redefining and replanning these roadways and communities that are already settled in yeah. um, since then? So, you know, Pete can handle the heavy lift. Because he's been off for three months. I'm sorry I'm going to beat on that, but I, I just wonder. I, no, I, again, nobody knew the guy was off for three months. We're in the middle of a, 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 a supply chain crisis, and they're pushing an infrastructure deal, all of which involves the Secretary of Transportation, and he's been gone for three months, and no one recognized he was gone. So he can handle the heavy lift, April. Don't worry about it. But again, those racist roads. Now, how many of you feel that, okay, I shouldn't be driving anymore because the roads are racist? Uh, Dave, you're out there. You're Hispanic. You probably don't want to drive on the freeways anymore because they're racist, dude. I I, I asked Josie today, do you think the roads are racist? And she said, what? And that was about it. Okay, here's Pete's answer again, which... I, I guess we could call it an answer. What's interesting is it's going to vary by community, and we have to listen to the community. Sometimes it really is the case that an overpass went in a certain way that is so harmful that it's got to come down or maybe be put underground. Other times, maybe it's not that way. Maybe the really important thing is to connect across it, to add rather than subtract. And that's where we don't want to impose a one-size-fits-all answer uh, from here. But when we were out in Syracuse, for example, looking at I-81, we saw the local vision uh, for how they want to get past those divisions, and those local ideas are going to be taken very seriously as we try to meet the spirit of this law. Thank you, Secretary. I want to point out that I actually 
played the entire answer here, okay, um, the answer took three minutes. And basically, it took him three minutes to say, I don't know how we're going to do it. I have no idea. We're going to figure it out. Pete is a great politician. He talks fast. He's intelligent. He's perfect for the Biden administration because when he doesn't have an answer, he just ignores it. The problem is we are now listening to these answers. That's not a good thing for Pete Buttigieg. It's not a good thing for April Ryan. It's not a good thing for uh, Joe Biden. It's not a good thing for Jen Psaki. Not a good thing for uh, Karen uh, Jean-Pierre. We're listening to what these idiots are saying, and we're not buying it anymore, as we saw last week in the election. And these Democrats continue to say the same bloody thing. They never change. Wait to see how that's going to work out with them next year. All right, let's get, we got another Afghanistan update. Yay! The Pentagon is now admitting that the Biden administration withdrew all U.S. troops from Afghanistan. Several dozen immediate family members of the U.S. service members are still trapped in Afghanistan. Again, there's no talk about it. No one talks about it. It's not a big deal. The memo from the Pentagon states, quote, The DOD places a high priority on immediate family members of U.S. citizen or LPR military personnel, active duty, reservists, and members of the National Guard, and DOD civilian employees, immediate family members eligible for facilitated departure from Afghanistan, are defined by U.S. citizen and immigration services as the spouses and unmarried children uh, the ages of 21 of U.S. citizens and LPR, LPR military personnel and DOD civilian employees. I That's what it says. I'm not kidding. We understand that many U.S. military personnel and DOD civilian employees have extended family remaining in Afghanistan. DOD recognizes that these extended family members also have a connection to the United States. We will continue to assist, assist state slash care, which is another group that's trying to get people out, as they develop mechanisms that may facilitate the safe departures for such individuals from Afghanistan in the future. Basically, the Pentagon is admitting there are a ton of U.S. citizens and families of service members in Afghanistan. They are finally admitting it. Why now? Because they think the population has forgotten, and the reality is none of this stuff is being reported. Because people have probably forgotten about this. But one thing I do know, something may always be known. One thing I do know, and something we have always known, is that the Biden administration is lying to us. That's what it comes down to. They lied to us about um, they lied to us about the Afghanistan withdrawal. They're lying to us about the oil industry. They're lying to us about gas. I'm sorry, gas prices. They're lying to us about the economy. They're lying to us about unemployment. They're lying to us about the supply chain. Everything they are lying to us about. Speaking of lying, let's talk about Adam Schiff. There's going to be another John Durham investi- uh, arrest in the John Durham investigation. Uh, and Igor Danichenko, which I talked about, I think, a couple days ago, has pleaded not guilty today. So that's going. That's the good news. The bad news is it doesn't appear they're going to be sweeping arrests. 
Okay, I thought this probably was going to happen. There are going to be no big fish. <laughs> Even though there is talk, I, I haven't read the story yet. I just heard it on the news. But there is talk, there is going, to, there might be a very high profile arrest soon. But we don't know. So, but chances are that that's not going to happen. Andrew McCabe and even Christopher Steele, they're safe. They're probably not going to get arrested. But the damage has been done for the Democrats, and they're being beaten on it. Adam Schiff is one who has really pushed this Russia collusion scandal. And he's gone on CNN. I mean, the guy was on CNN. He must have a cot in the green room at CNN because that guy was on CNN constantly. And on CNN, he kept saying, I've got evidence. I've got evidence. And we should impeach because I've got evidence. He kept saying all of this stuff. And we, we, we sat back and we listened to him waiting for this evidence and it never came. Well, Adam Schiff went on The View and was questioned by actually a conservative, Morgan Ortegas, and it didn't go well for Schiff. So here's her first, here's her question. So I want to ask you about something that's in the news a lot right now. Um, you've been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee, and you defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this Oops. to the American people? Oops. Schiff never got a question like that on CNN or MSNBC. His answer was, let's just say, less than satisfactory. Well, first of all, uh, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted. Uh, and they are. Uh, and unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail, not be pardoned. Mm -hmm. uh, so Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, if people lied to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, but at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump and campaign. And to be clear, he was fired halfway through the campaign. Well, he may have been fired, yeah. but the, the effort to get Russian help continued and even beyond the effort to get Russian help. But you the may have spread Russian disinformation get... yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the Intel Committee Chair are so confused about your culpability in all of this. Well, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, it's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is impossible, of course, to do. But, but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election, which he did. Uh, into inciting an insurrection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele. Okay, there's a lot to unpack here. So, first off, he continues to go after Trump. This is what Democrats do. He, he is cornered in a question. They always tried to raise that shiny bauble they called Donald Trump to 
look away from the real problem. And the real problem is Adam Schiff said this was a open and shut case about um, about the Steele dossier, open and shut case about Trump being guilty, colluding with the Russians. And the reality is, no, he never did it. By the way, Michael Flynn, Paul Manafort, and a, a bunch of other campaign guys whose names I can't remember actually did go to jail. So, right off the bat, him saying, well, the Trump administration, they never went to jail. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. They got pardons later. But they all went to jail. And what does he mean that there is no way they knew someone was lying to Christopher Steele? That's where an investigation takes place. Right? That's what he was supposed to investigate before he brought up those trumped-up impeachment charges. I, I, I don't understand. You're, you're accusing the President of the United States of colluding with the Russian government. Your sole source of proof is the Steele dossier, and you didn't investigate to see if the Steele dossier was good? I mean, literally the only, or figuratively, I don't know how to interchange those words, but the only evidence they had was that Steele dossier. That's all the FBI had. That's where the FISA warrants came in came into play. He also refuses to <coughs> he also refused <coughs> he also refuses to acknowledge that when Trump saw issues with his people, he dealt with it. When Manafort, who's a very sketchy guy, they found out things about Manafort, he fired Manafort. Finally, the only smokescreen that he's talking about wasn't created by Trump, it was created by him. Don't forget, this guy had said for months and months on CNN and MSNBC, he had proof. He had proof. He never had proof. The only proof he had was the Steele dossier, and now it turns out it was all a freaking lie. Finally, the smokes. Uh, finally, um, I'll, I'll I'll skip the erection misspeak because I think it was. Everyone else is talking about it, but Schiff's entire case for impeaching Trump was the Steele dossier. He's saying Trump is guilty, even though the one piece of evidence he has is false. He's still calling him uh, a piece of crap. Even though the Mueller investigation said, yeah, Trump didn't negotiate. And the Mueller investigation doesn't like Trump. Those people did not like Trump. But even they said, yeah, he didn't, he didn't collude with the Russians. So where he's coming up with this stuff, I don't know. But I can tell you one thing. And I think the one thing I'll tell you, I'll tell you in a second. I think, or or uh, what's her name here? Let me look up her name. I forgot her name. I think uh, Ortegas hits it right on the head. And she hits it so on the head, I guarantee you she won't be on The View again. Listen to this final point. No, I think just your credibility is. No. Adam Schiff, Schiff who is a climber, basically got his balls handed to him and his political career 
and his uh, credibility are gone. Couldn't have happened to a better person. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Um, go to Rumble, search for Dumbasses Talking Politics, and take a look at the now two episodes of my video cast. I'm going to actually produce one in a few minutes. Have a great day. Talk to you on Friday. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.